0: What's up guys welcome back to another episode of the one broke actress podcast an honest account of actor life plus a few lessons i learn in the process i am your host sam valentine aka one broke actress what's up guys how's your tuesday going mine's pretty good that's a monday actually that i'm recording this but it's just my sheer honesty for you <laughs> Anyway, what's up, guys? I hope you guys enjoyed Sarah's episode from last week. We had such a good time chatting on Instagram Live. If you guys liked that, let me know. Comment on her picture on my Instagram because I would consider doing another interview via Instagram Live if you guys enjoyed it. Um, The video is on One Broke Actress if you want to see what it looked like, Uh, but also the recording from last week has pretty much everything plus a little extra at the end. So a little bit of business to knock out super quick. Have you guys gotten your copy of The Call Sheet yet? What? No? You gotta sign up, guys. The Call Sheet is a weekly email sent from myself and fellow broke actress Jenna Mishno. Uh, Some top headlines of every week, our favorites from Deadline and other... um, online sources for actor information so it's just a little short email sent out every sunday couple pics super fun super chill promise i won't spam you you guys should get it because people are really enjoying it so you can sign up for that at onebrokeactress.com and click subscribe and drop your email in that inbox um there's also some new articles up on one broke actress if you guys haven't been there recently i just put up my monthly product placement which is some stuff i think you could use some books you might want to read a recipe or two some beauty and health tips, as well as a little something extra. Um, I actually have recently hooked up with Uber. Relax, you're not about to be offered like a first ride free because you're going to fast forward and you think, duh, I already have Uber. This is not that. I am hooking up with them to help get actors good side hustles that pay good money, including their Uber Eats program, so driving around food, which is like my dream job, and driving around humans, which is another great job. Flexible, working on your schedule, blah, blah, blah. It's like a really cool hookup, guys. So if you're interested in that, reach out to me on Instagram or at onebrookactress.com and I can give you more details. So see, that wasn't as bad as you thought, was it? Don't worry. No crazy ads here. So that's all I have for you via business. Make sure you follow at Sam Valentine. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. You probably are if you're listening to it. I'm just assuming, but you should definitely be and you should definitely leave a review, please. Honestly, guys, I'll tell you later why I really like these reviews um, for a myriad of reasons, but please leave a five-star review. It's super easy now on the updated Apple podcast. So let me get you to your regularly scheduled programming. So, on today's podcast, we have Dewan Owens. Dewan sat down with me and and you're going to have to forgive all my laugh track that's going on during his chat because I couldn't stop laughing. Uh, He is fucking hilarious. You guys are going to love him. He is also exceptionally professional and has some, some fantastic... Fantastic advice. I think you guys are going to really enjoy. Um, He moved to L.A. based on a stand-up career and then booked his fifth audition for a big pilot right away. And then life kind of happened. Um, He's exceptionally talented, and he has some really, really good advice on getting by, on the fact that he has a family and a real life outside of his acting, but how much work he puts into his acting even before he gets an audition. It's just consistent hustle all the time he impressed me so much um and I'm super excited to actually see his career skyrocket he's it would not shock me if he just dominates this pilot season he has such a cool attitude about life and auditioning and you guys are going to learn a lot from him okay so I'll stop talking (laughs) without further ado please enjoy Dewan Owens Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm here with Dewan. Hi. That is I. <laughs> Everyone drops into their radio voice. I know. Hey. We yeah. mm-hmm. Hey, how are you? Yeah. Uh, so I don't actually know how you ended up in L.A. So if you could kind of start there.
1: Well, um, how did I end up in L.A.? I was born um, in a great year, which we will not talk about. Um, <laughs> I grew up in Baltimore. Okay. In Baltimore, Maryland, and I played sports at Pitt. So I played football and baseball at the University of Pittsburgh. Cool. Sat the bench in both, <laughs> you know, because I'm not good. Um, majored in information science. What is that? Information science is. Have you heard of computer science? Uh huh. Okay. So there's computer engineering, computer science, and information science. So I started out as computer engineering, but then when I saw how difficult the classes were, I was like, "What is a little easier, but pays about the same?" <laughs> And then that was computer science. And then I was like, "What is a little easier, and then it pays about the same?" And that gives you information science. But information <laughs> science <laughs> is really—it's just computer science with um, a communication background, because a lot of tech people can't talk to you well, know normal people. So, um, so they created this major in like 1978, I think. Information science was born. Hmm. And so I majored in it. And. Graduated and worked for a company called Accenture, and I got to do IT consulting and travel all over the place. I mean, you got to understand, I grew up in, like, West Baltimore with a single mom. Okay. And then so I get a job paying $60,000 a year, living in Pittsburgh. Like, my rent at the time for our house was $500 split by three. Ugh. And so you give a young brother some loot, blue- <laughs> And then you get a part, like you, you go to a location, and so you go to a client site, and you get your own apartment, your own car. I was like, yo, this is
0: <laughs> the life. This is the life,
1: yeah. Um,
0: and they were like, I'm going to throw that all away.
1: <laughs> well, th- but then you, you end up working like 17 hours a day, like day in and day out. And I loved what I was doing. I just didn't want to do it the way it was being done. So I'm working 17-hour days. Um, and then I went to school with this guy named Lamon Rucker, who was on Young and the Restless at the time. Mm. And he just randomly called me, and he was like, how are things going? I'm like, well, I'm working like 17 hours a day. It's not really what I thought it would be. I mean, the money is cool, but then you realize money is just money after a while. Um, And he was like, "Uh, you were talking about in college wanting to do comedic acting. And I was like, I don't ever remember saying that. Um, He was like, what (laughs) you should do is do stand-up. And so the IT nerd in me like got online, was like, "Let, let me research stand up." Like, <laughs> like, how unfunny is that? Let me research stand up. This was like so funny. Um, and so I found out that the DC improv I was living in DC at the time had a workshop, their first ever uh, stand up workshop, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" But it had just um, it had just happened. So I called them and was like, "Hey, let me know when you guys have the second one. You know, I would love to be a part." And they were like, well, it snowed. We're actually going to have it um, this coming Monday. And I was like, I love you, Jesus. (laughs) And so I I went there and.
0: How many days did you have to prepare for
1: that? Well, there was no preparation. It was just like, you you go. Yeah, you just go. um, The guy shows you what stand up's like, um, teaches you kind of how to write a joke, and then tells you that it's going to take you eight years to do it. And I was like, it's not going to take me eight years. I was like, you're not even funny, dude. (laughs) Like, in the back of my head. I'm like, you're just not even funny, dude. Like, I can do that. If it took you eight years, and I'm funny. And so I met four other people, two other three other people there. And then we started writing together. And then two dropped. And so me and this girl, Aaron Jackson, um, started writing every day. And then started doing stand-up seven days a week, you know, getting up as many times as we could. And then in six months, I was opening up for... Tommy Davidson, David Allen Greer, Bobcat Goldfwait. Uh, wow. Who, I mean, name it. Um, so you,
0: were you working your other job at that yeah, time?
1: Yeah, I was still working my other job wow, at that time. Wow, so you
0: were like all, all day, all night.
1: All day, all night. Wow. All day, all night. Um, and then I met Bill Burr, um, and he was like, you should go to L.A. Him and Ted Alessandro were like, the best thing about your stand-up is your act-outs. They were like, you should go to L.A., And you know, act and do stand up. And I was like, "Such a
0: cool Bill Bird." I was like, "Bill, you're right."
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "I guess you're right, Bill. I guess you know stand up." Um, (laughs) And so he let me open up for him a couple of times. He walked me into the comedy store, um, and so you think there it ends. It's all good, but along with that is like Tommy, who used to run the comedy store, was like, "Yeah, come hang out in the back, and you know, just." You know get to know the vibe I was like I don't need to know the vibe I want I need to do stand-up that's what I need to be like I don't need to be here sitting around right. like when I need to just continuously try be trying to get better um and so that didn't kind of vibe with me and everyone was like but that's how it happens and I was like well that that's not how it's gonna happen for me um and then I booked this show for Comedy Central um called Open Mic Fight which was like last comic standing for Comedy Central and I made it to the top five and then I booked a pilot um, for Comedy Central with Bobby Lee as a series regular. So like my fifth audition, I booked a series regular. And I was like, oh. yo, like, oh, my mom, like, yo, about to get that, man. Like, um,
0: <laughs> oh, my God, you booked your first fifth audition. You yeah. Can, you can go now.
1: <laughs> but here's the thing. I didn't know that pilots sometimes don't go. <laughs> that, no one had ever told me that.
0: But how like, would you know?
1: Right, exactly. Everyone so I was like, "Exactly." Was, I'm glad I didn't start writing checks. like that, No shit. That my bank account couldn't cash.
0: Did you, did you stop working your job before you came to LA? I did not. So you're still... I got
1: transferred here. Okay. Um, and then they gave me three months here. And then so I spent six months without a job. And then I got another job. Okay. And so I ended up, because of this pilot, I ended up signing with a manager who a friend recommended to me because... Like, it was at that point I was like really hot, and a lot of people wanted to meet with me because they had tried to book this pilot for a long time. And literally, I came in at the last minute and booked it, right? So they're like, Who's this guy who booked when we sent all our guys? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like a ninja movie or something. <laughs> <Like, laughs> sent all our best guys, but this guy was the one who came out on top, this no name from the farm. Um, and so, but. I had a friend and she was like I go out all the time just meet with my manager and I was like okay cool you you know your friend you know her like I don't really as long as she's nope then cool yeah. um and then she turned out to embezzle like 8k from me and set my career back like 3 years Shut
0: the fuck up yeah no
1: um, yeah see 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 <laughs> no, no. <laughs> see, see, see. <laughs> we were coming a different corner i just took a turn a far left turn
0: so wait, did that happen like how would how did that happen?
1: Um, so I, I booked the pilot and, um, you have to update your information with SAG. And so my checks got sent to her, um, right before I booked the pilot, um, right before we shot. And then, so she said she was sick. Um, and so I booked a couple more jobs and she was like, oh, I'm sick. I'm out of the office for a couple of months. Right. Um, and so my checks were just getting sent to her. And I'm like, well, you know, I have a job. It's not like I need those checks right now. And then after a while, I was just, it just started to add up to me that it was like, yeah, you're not – there's something new every time. And then you have someone working for you who sounds just like you. Oh. <laughs> like, oh my God. And so then I found out she was uh, on trial for bankruptcy. So then I went to a trial, <laughs> sat in the front row, was like – just making eyes like, you see me, right? You see, you see me, right? <laughs>
0: were you like, the only one of her clients there?
1: No, there was a lot. And also, the problem with it is, I was by far, I was like the lowest amount. Like, she had kids, a lot of kids who booked a lot of commercials that were like 50, 50K that she had embezzled from them. And then the parents were like emailing me, like, hey, you gotta sign this letter and send it to this place. And wait, I don't understand why you haven't done it yet. I'm like, lady, you're not my mom. Like I literally just, exactly. I was like, I literally just want to be done with this. She can have the money. Like I'm not pursuing it. I'm pursuing acting. That's what my, what I'm here for. So, um, I cut all those people off and then started hustling again. And then, um, my acting coach got me hooked up with another manager who I was with for five months and found out that they had only signed me to see if I was going to book another pilot because the one manager I was with was leaving the industry and he knew that before he signed me. So he dropped me three months before I even knew. And then I called my acting coach was like, yeah, so they dropped me. And she was like, what are you talking No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Calm down, Duan. I'm like, I'm calm. I was like, I just went on Actors Access and they're not there. I went on IMDb, they're not there. So I know when I had put them on, <laughs> I had synced it. I had synced when I had put them on.
0: Oh. My god. So you so, had really really good luck with representation. So good. So good. So good.
1: So good. <laughs> oh um and so I just started again started hustling and started doing like Well, let's let's back up. So um when I booked the pilot, I'd never acted before. And I was like, "Oh, snap. They're going to find out I can't act." And I was just really good in that one scene and I <laughs> am going <laughs> I was like, it's going to be all over Deadline or whatever at the time. Like People were like, Duane Owens, he's a, he's a sucker. He's a failure. Like
0: You know, as you say that, but I think that also even actors who've been acting for years feel that same way. Of course. Way Steve Carell talks about it all the time. It's like, oh shit, now I have to like actually show up and do this thing, and there's a thousand people who are waiting on me to do it. It's yeah. holy fucking shit.
1: Yeah, and I've never done it before. How about that? How about I, I don't even know what's going on when I get to set, right? And so... Um, I really focused in on acting, and I really didn't want to be a stand-up who booked this show, and then everybody was like, yeah, good job, Duane. And they're like, oh my gosh, he sucks. He
0: sucks. Did you go take classes?
1: I did. So I was at Leslie Kahn's at the time, mm-hmm. and um, Billy O'Leary, Leslie was my teacher, and then I was with Billy O'Leary, and <laughs> originally, Leslie put me in a class with a bunch of series regulars. And I was like, yeah. Well, you must audition uh, very well. I was like, I, I, must, I, I, must, I must have used to in, in the past. Um, but I think she just saw something in me. And she knew I was doing stand-up, so it was more of a like, I think he can get up to speed pretty quick. <laughs> that was funny. Um, and then so she took me out of that class. So I got pulled out of that class into another class. And my acting teacher was like, I just think you need to give me six months of no no um, stand-up, and you'll see a change in your acting. And so I I did. I committed to not doing any of any stand-up for six months. Well, minimal. I still have jobs I had booked and, you know, gigs I had to do. So I was like, I can't, like, not, not, but I'm not going to hit it as hard as I was, because I was going up six, seven nights a week. And it just continued to do to go from there and then so for years i would do like three shows a year i do like the ice house every christmas and stuff like that but mainly just focusing on acting and then i started taking I started going all in on casting director workshops, doing like four a month. Wow. Yeah. I take it. This was um, a couple years ago. A couple since, years ago. Yeah. Since the big, <laughs> last the week. I, I just scandal. did a bunch last week. Was like, mm. <laughs> they
0: promised me jobs, I yeah. think.
1: There, there was some casting director. He, he didn't really have an uh, office, but he said <laughs> he said he's going to get one, though. <laughs> he, he said.
0: He sounded just like my first manager on the call. Exactly. <laughs>
1: it all came around. I was like, you aren't you? Never mind. Um, <laughs> and so. Ooh. I met this woman by the name of Nan Dutton, who was the casting director for CSI Miami at the time, and she was like, why don't you do drama? And I was like, I don't know, Nan. I just don't go out for drama. And she was like, okay, I'm going to send you to um, this agent, and I want you to meet with them. It was BRS, (laughs) Bomb and Rancy Shaw, um, who represents a lot of Broadway people and a lot of um, great series regulars right now. So I met with BRS, and they were like, "Mm, you might be a little green, but we'll send you out. Um, and so that just started to work. Like I started getting out and getting good feedback. Um, and again, just focusing on acting, you know, what the funny thing is to me. So, um, so many times I have actors ask me like, oh, so you've been, you know, I just came off a series with Tyler Perry uh, Mm -hmm. a couple years ago and they were like, how do you like, how do you get to that point? And I said, well, some of it's luck because, you know, sometimes roles just have to align with what you do. Um, but the majority of it is just working really hard. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. No, they
0: want like, secrets. It's like losing right, Exactly. They want like a formula.
1: <laughs> like the one guy was like, what, but what about networking? I was like, I don't. I'm not a networker. Like I talk to people. If I have a conversation, we have a conversation. I never am going out to like, you know what? I gotta go meet people and then advance my career through the word of art. I mean, through <laughs> through the uh, the art of uh, talking. I'm like, no, that's not that's not how I see it. Like,
0: yeah. no. The, t- I always say that if this comes up often in these podcasts. We talk about how. Like, us having this conversation, this is the this is my networking. This is the closest thing I get to that. Right. Because at the end of the day, the people you hang out with all the time, that's your network. Right. Sorry. Yeah. You're not going to meet someone at, like, at a party and get hammered with them, and they're, you're going to put them in their movie. Yeah. And, it's not and you may. It may happen once yeah. in
1: a while. But do I want that, do I want to actively pursue that path? No. It just doesn't align with who I am. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Like, I've been in class with people who, you know, when I first started at Leslie's, we had to rehearse every day for three hours. And to me, I was like, how do I catch up to all these other people who went to college to do it, who are already on series? How do I merge the gap? And I was like, this is great because I'm in class with these people and they're not doing this every day. They're only showing up to class and performing, even though she's told us. I was like, that's how I saw The Gap close. And people were like, you know, I'm in class, and it's just not working out. And, like, I, like, I'm so ready to be on a series. I'm like, for our class, our acting coach will put up three scenes for the week, right? He says, you can do one, but if you, you know, have more time, do more. 99% of the people do one scene, when I wanted to be a series regular, I was doing the three scenes every week. Because here's my thing. How are you going to be prepared for a 14-page audition? So just so you know, most for policies, most of my auditions are 14 pages the night before. How do you think you're going to be prepared for that If you don't ever do it, you think it's just magically you just be like, oh, yeah, like I put up one scene a week and I've never been on, you know, never done more than an episode on a series. But when I get 14 pages, I'll just want it so bad that I'm just going to be able to thread and be so present and be so. No, what happens is you do it every day. So when you get 14 pages, you're like, okay, 14 pages. That's what I do every day. So that pressure is now off. Yeah. Now you're not like, I got fucking 14 pages, but it's due tomorrow. And you're like,
0: getting in the room with like the highest expectations and la la la. It just keeps building. And like.
1: So it's all like, it really is all preparation because any actor you listen to, I mean, you listen to Sterling K, you listen to any of like the best of the best right now, they tell you they still get nervous. So if they're at that elite level and they still get nervous, don't you think that. You need to eliminate as many factors as possible because no matter what, you're still going to get nervous. So if you prepare as much as possible, at least that's off the table. I don't have to worry about that part. Yeah. Like, I'm ready. I can take adjustments. That, that part's good. Like, if I get in the room and stuff happens, it happens. You know, like me and Caleb were talking about um, – when you had your audition, right? I'm <laughs> bringing up some inside stuff, y'all. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, we, I wrote about it, so it's actually, okay. it's a, never mind, it's a not site. inside.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a post about, uh, uh, they can't all be hits, is the name of the post, and it's the story of a bad audition, and it was the hardest I've, like, fallen face forward in so long. Well. It almost hurt more.
1: Well, and here's the, here's the thing, is like, you can, at the end of the day, no matter what, you can do all the preparation you want, but, the hard thing about being an actor is the variables you can't control. I've had auditions where I've been completely comfortable up until the reader, like, threw a page to the left and then came back to me, and I was like, I don't know what just happened. Now I'm uncomfortable. Like, there's like there's so many... Or I go into a room, and it's literally the size of... Like, the reader's, like, almost in my face. And I'm like, I didn't prepare that he was going to be... And I wanted to do this. There's no chair. All those things happen. Like, so... And then sometimes you just don't know what happened. Like, you're like, I was prepared. I was ready. So that is going to happen. Like, you're not, there's no way you can nail all of them. You know what I mean? So as much as you can do to be ready, then eventually, again, the more you do it, the easier it gets, right? You know, like, for me, going out for a guest star is whatever. You know what I mean? was a guest star. Recurring, I'm like, oh, okay. So he's regular, I'm like, all right, here we go, right? Um, But... If you've never been out for a guest star before, how, I remember when I was first going out for a co star or guest star, I was like, oh my God. And all the thoughts of like, if I book this, <laughs> if I book this, my whole life is gonna change. Did it change? No. no. But the lucky thing, I think, for me was my career is steadily moving forward. So every year I've booked at least three jobs, right? That's amazing. And at least one job that's put my career on another level, I feel. Yeah. Um, yeah, because who cares what everyone
0: else? Thinks? But I
1: also have friends who had no no credits in book series regulars, and now are off and running. You know what I mean? It, it can never. It could. It could change in an instant. Yeah. Which is also why I tell people, watch how you treat people. <laughs> because you're like, oh, you know, you know. let me tell you how this acting thing works. And next thing you're like, hey, Steve, yeah, I saw you on the show. Like, you're dope. Uh, you think you could probably, like, oh, remember when you were trying to school me about how stuff worked and how I was just a little minion? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, I mean, but that's a life lesson, right? There's like, right. you never Being know a good where. person is something exactly. you
0: just have to figure out right. along the way. <laughs> like,
1: I was doing this Loving Is Wrong, and they brought uh, this guy in by the name of Trevante Rhodes. Um, to do a recurring and he was like a little nervous about doing some stuff and then um, one time Tyler got really mad at him and I was just like, dude, you're so talented. Just like, just remember that. Just don't let anybody like take your shine away. Then he did Moonlight and now he's in <laughs> 12 Strong and, you know, all these really big movies. <laughs> Predator, the next Predator, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, but that's how fast it can or cannot happen. It's
0: crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So, for you, for that preparation, then, it's it's not necessarily preparation for a specific audition. It's just working constantly on your work.
1: Both. So preparation on your work leads to preparation for your audition, right? Because
0: I think the empty time is when people struggle the most. Exactly. Because we feel, and I'll put myself in this category as well, you know, that actor trope of like, oh, that, what, uh, what if I don't get an audition ever again? Right. We all feel it at some point in time. And then it feels like empty space. And then it's like you get an audition and then it's like, wow, now I have something to do. So I think that in between time is such a good time and very, very open and free for a lot of people yeah. to do some hot work.
1: Well, there's two things I always say. Number one, stay in class because then there is no empty time, right? Every week. Are you week, still at Leslie Kahn? No, I'm at John Rosenfeld. Okay. Who was a head teacher at Leslie Kahn. But cool. now he's like right around the, the corner oh, cool. from brick. Um, So I say stay in class because then there is no empty time, right? Because when you're not auditioning, then you're still auditioning in class, right? Or still preparing in class. Two, and people hate to hear this as well, like there's this thing called, um, what is it called? What is it called? It's called life. Um, That is the most important thing that we have and friendships and family and all those things. And maybe I'm, maybe it's more hit home since I've gotten married and have two kids, Mm -hmm. but that's time to, like, get to know your friends better and, like, do things and experience life and, like, look at sunsets and, like, I don't know, like, live. Because all those, thi- all those things you put into your work. So you're working when you're living. Yeah. Right? So when you're sitting at home watching other people do stuff, like, it's fine to watch the Golden Globes. I, I watched it last night and I loved it. But I'm very, I usually don't even watch any of those shows live because I'm like, I have stuff I could be doing for my career. Mm -hmm. Like, instead of looking at Sterling K and being like, dang, he's so dope. Yeah. He's so cool. I want to be Sterling K. (laughs) Like, how can I be Sterling K? That's not
0: useful unless you put it into acting. Right. Right. So
1: I can then be acting and being like, he's so dope. He's so cool in the back of my mind because I'm now working towards that. Yeah. As opposed to just sitting on my couch wondering when it's going to happen for me. Because no matter what, you can't determine when it's going to happen. Right. So just, igni- like, here's a couple of things. We know that from April to middle of July, probably nothing's going to go on. Mm-hmm. The all likelihood. So just mentally prepare for that time. Like there's And a
0: financially lo- prepare for that time?
1: And financially prepare <laughs> for that time. I mean, some people book commercials during that time. Yeah. Godspeed. I don't book a lot of commercials. Um, I work more theatrically. Um, even though i do have a fedex spot running right now oh, yeah. um <laughs> but it's it's like it's like prepare for it and then be ready for it all to change right so i think for the last 3 years pilot season's been a different time all 3 times this or it's been different so for like hard. me when i go out like i think 3 years ago i was going out jan 5 like boom like what wow. is this like jan 5 and then like last year it was like End of February. I'm like, what is this? End of February. What happened to Jan five? Like, who (laughs) knows what's going to be this year? But I know, I know that around that time is when stuff will probably go on. Yeah. But that gives me a mental perspective of okay, it could be any range. Like, it's not going to kick off for me exactly when pilot season kicks off, or it will kick off for me exactly when pilot season kicks off. But as long as I'm not in my email box every day, like when when refresh, refresh, come on, <laughs> audition. You know what I mean? Like it's not to me, it's not a way to live and it's not a way to, to become a better actor. Yeah. And especially the I think the biggest thing above all things about being in class is that you are now digesting scripts and stories, right? Because there's only we used to say this in stand-up, there's only so many jokes that have ever been told, right? Same thing with stories. There's only so many variations of stories that have ever been told. So the more stories you read, the more you can understand where writers are coming from, and the faster you can digest what this is, because your first read is a surface read most of the time. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like, oh, I know it. She's a doctor, and this is how doctors act, and doctors walk like this. Well, (laughs) then you get past all that, right? And then we know that like when we tell stories about doctors, normally they're just regular people. If they're a series regular, they're going to be a regular person. Maybe if they're uh, a co-star, then they'll just be a doctor, and we just want the doctor, right? Mm-hmm. And so, doing all of that, all of that work over time makes your preparation shorter. And the shorter, the more you can make your preparation shorter, the better you'll be because you're spending less time. And then, again, like you want to be a series regular. You're not going to get one audition. It's not just going to be one audition for tomorrow. So you might get three 14-page auditions for tomorrow. Then what do you do? Yeah. Right? So then that's why you have to continuously work on that preparation time. So you're like, cool. Like, that one's done. Cool. And then work on whatever your process is. Like, me, I can't memorize for a dang on my own. Like, you can give me two pages, and if I'm by myself, I can have three days and probably still not memorize them. Literally that's not how I work. So I have someone like an assistant who runs I, I'll pay her because you know, I have friends in class, but I feel bad for asking them to I'm like, Oh, well then I gotta ask you for your time right, and then you're right, like, Oh and something then you're came less up. To do it. Yeah, something came up or I'm less likely to take that whole time that I need. I'm like, Okay, I'm good. I'm like, Oh no, I'm not good. Yeah. Why am I saying I'm good? Stop being polite. But i do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but then, so I have an assistant and I pay her $20 an hour and she, I feel fine because I'm paying her. She's like, yeah, let's run it again. (laughs) Exactly. And so I can just run it, but I can run 14 pages in 10 minutes and be off book, but I can't do it because I'm memorizing a story, not lines. Yeah. I can't memorize story by myself. I need, to, I need to hear how the story goes. It's just like this conversation. Like, if we were doing, if you asked me to do a podcast by myself, if you'd like, hey, just answer these questions and put it on recording, I'd be like, this is so weird. Yeah. I was like, that's what I told you. I was like, can I turn my chair so I can look in your <laughs> eyes and see a person?
0: It's super, I've recorded a couple episodes where it's just me talking, like, for like the <laughs> openings of each episode, basically. Yeah. And every time I do it, I'm like, so. Uh,
1: it's out there on. In this TV thing. Lens. Yeah, it's on. <laughs> yep, yeah, we are here.
0: Uh okay, so you just also did the ABC showcase. I did. Can you tell me about that?
1: Yes. Um I did the A B C showcase. Next question. <laughs> <Great>. No, um <laughs> that's what it
0: feels like doing a podcast alone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh
1: I did it. It was it was very cool. It was Ended up being five rounds of auditions. So the first two rounds were scene auditions. So they gave us scenes um, the night before.
0: How did you did you submit for it? How did that work? I
1: did. So my 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 manager I, for some for some reason oh a, a girl in my class was like oh I just did the ABC workshop showcase thing and I was like oh I missed it I was like I actually wanted to submit because I haven't submitted in like seven years or something like that. And she was like, yeah, I just did it. And I was like, oh, you did the showcase? She's like, no, just the workshop, because they do like these side workshops oh, okay. where they get a group of people. So um, again, that was one of those things where it was like, oh, today is the submission date. <laughs> like, it's just, like, Jesus, you talking to me. Yeah, um, and so uh, I told my managers to submit. And he was like, well, you know, they don't usually take people with your credit list. And I said, that's not what I asked you to do. What I had asked you to do was submit it. And so he, he's like, okay, I'll do it. So then I went on Actors Access and submitted myself too. Just in case. Just, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I love my, I love my manager enough. Um, and so he was like, so Duane, um, I submitted six people. And of course, you're the only one who got an audition. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like now you make me look like a fool cuz i told you, you you probably wouldn't and then the six people who the other five who out of them i thought at least three would they didn't and i was like told again you. you can't call it right? right so i had two rounds of um, scene auditions um, one was a pilot i had just went out for so that was the first audition so Sweet. i was like <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> i was like i'm already off book like, good night i was Cold like green. exactly i was like let me watch some basketball right now cuz i'm good <laughs> Um, and so then they had what they call mix and match, which is basically they come out, they bring like, they do three days of it. So they have like 30 people in each round and they pair you with someone and they give you a scene and then you have like five minutes to work on it together Then you bring it in for the directors. Um, and they tell you like either keep it or don't. But then you go back out and they give you another one and another one, another one, another one. So I had like five scenes and then I end up having to bring back all five of my scenes for in the afternoon, all of the talent comes in, all of the executives from ABC come in. And the good thing about it is like that, that process is what I've been doing for the last like year and a half anyway, because, because I've been lucky enough to be so busy when I go to class, I haven't had a lot of time to prepare So what I do is get there an hour early and then get the scene, figure out what's going on. And maybe normally, let me clarify, you can't (laughs) see my hand in the air, but my hand's in the air, (laughs) clarifying. Um, Normally, I read the script the night before. So at least I've read the script. So I know the complete story, right? Um, And then I just run it an hour before class and then put it up. And so that is pretty much the same process, which is you get material very fast, and then you have to digest what the story is and put it up immediately. That's very and, real. Right. I like life, too. You're right. And so um, after that, I was like, you know, I was like, I killed it. And it was in the point of, like, I killed it, so all the other factors that I can't control, I'm not worried about. Yeah. Like, I did what I wanted to do, and so... They know and I know what happened in that room. <laughs> right. So even if they don't select me, it was whatever, right? And so one of the girls who I had auditioned with was like like a couple days later. She was like, hey, are you going back on Monday, on Tuesday for the callback? And I was like, oh, no, I haven't heard anything. And she was like, what? No. She was like, you were so good. And I was like, well, sometimes it's not about all that. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's just about they want what they want. Um, but it turns out my manager was out of town. And so when he came back in on Monday morning, he was like, hey, you got this call back for the ABC thing. <laughs> um, and then so, so there was. So you kill it. So I, I, I mean, so they, whatever, I, whatever, the, whatever they were looking for, I had. Yeah. So um, and so there were two more rounds and then I got selected. So there were 14 of us. Um, so, I didn't
0: know the number was that small yeah,
1: there's fourteen out of fourteen hundred people they actually auditioned Holy out of shit. five thousand submissions
0: Wow
1: and then so from there you um we go through scene selection, which is we spend a week almost two weeks of them giving us scene doing the same exact thing, but trying to see which two people should be together and which mm-hmm. scene, which <laughs> for some people was a Crying process, right? Because they were just like, (laughs) because they're getting so much of like, "Eh, that doesn't work. That's not, uh, I don't like what she's doing there. I don't like to the point where they're like, I don't know if I'm even good anymore. Like, you know what I mean? It was a lot of that for a lot of people. Were they all Um,
0: scenes from ABC shows?
1: No, they were all original written scenes. Oh, great. And here's the hard thing what I had to tell a lot of the cast members is you have to understand, like, scenes are meant to be weighted one way or another. Right, every scene that you read, the majority of scene is weighted for one character. Right, one character is the driver. Mm-hmm. The thing is with the showcase is you want to showcase two people equally. Yeah. So it's this, these scenes aren't written like typical scenes because they have to equally showcase both people. You know what I mean? And these um, were
0: written by ABC writers.
1: Yeah. Well, so they also did a selection process for scenes.
0: See, that? I think that's interesting. I think that's something that actors kind of skip over sometimes, especially in, like, pilot auditions and stuff. Yeah. Is that, like, as much as it's about you and your acting, kind of, um, <laughs> it's also about, like, that. this is the first time that that work's been put up. Yep. So it's also, it's like a, a two-lane street, and you can only clear your side of the street. Like, yep. <laughs>
1: and more importantly, like, sometimes you have to understand that, like, the hardest thing about booking a pilot is that no matter how good you are, they are selling a product. The More than anything, more than anything, the writer and producer want their stuff to be made. More than anything. More than having the best talent. I repeat, more than having the best talent because... They want it to be made. So they go the avenue of what is most likely to be made. Now, the caveat is when you've had, when you're Dick Wolf or you are, you know, another big producer or executive, you can bet on talent because no matter what, your show's gonna get made. When you're Shonda Rhimes, all she has to do is worry about talent. The show's getting made. You know what I mean? So she can focus just on talent. But if this is your first show, and it's between DeWan Owens and Sterling K. Brown and Sterling K. Brown had an off day and DeWan killed it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Who would you go with? I would go with Sterling K. Brown <laughs> if I wanted my show to be made. Right. If that's right, my right. goal. You know what I mean? And yeah. so that's the thing we have to remember is like even if like if you get if you if casting says you did a great job, then and that comes from them. It doesn't come from your manager reaching out and saying, hey, we just need feedback because sometimes they're like, okay, I, I don't have time. I'm trying to book a pilot. Yeah, he was great. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Then you did a great job. You know, I've had casting directors reach out to managers and be like, "Dewan was the better actor. And obviously, I don't really care to hear that because I'm like, well, I didn't get the part. That's all I wanted. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> you do sometimes need to hear that. You do sometimes need to know that, like, okay, like, I am validated in the fact that I'm doing it just is going to take somebody to to take a chance on me. Um but the the thing about it is if you keep continuously doing good work, people can't deny you. Yeah. And then it then you get aligned with a Sean Rhimes or you know someone and the great thing about Netflix and Hulu and those, you know, networks is they can just worry about talent because they're not in the same distribution model. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They get their money up front. So <laughs> they're like we can we can just worry about talent because people have already paid for our. Yeah, our team shows are bought. Let's roll. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so I think sometimes people like get caught up in the fact that like it's not a thinking is not a business, but it's more of a business than anything else.
0: And it's not really about us a lot of times.
1: It's 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 not, and I mean sometimes it is. That's why I co-star, guest star, especially especially guest star, like guest star is the best place to be living in because. I think guest star is the most about your acting, like co-star sometimes is like he looks funny, yeah. <laughs> like he, lo- yeah, he's just gonna come in and say two lines anyway. So he looks funny. He's about... but guest star is more like co-star is just about propelling the story. You know what I mean? I used to go into co-star auditions and try to be funny, and they're like, hey, you don't, you don't, you don't get to do that. <laughs> You're playing you know the know chorus, you yeah. Gotta- <laughs> like I did, I did a uh, new girl with Max. Oh yeah, yeah. right. And you know I. I went out for Winston and I was in the room for like 45 minutes, was not ready for it at all. Um, I was imploding. I literally was (laughs) like, like the more we went on, like now, the more we go on, the more I get comfortable. Uh Then I was like, why do we keep having to do this? I'm not ready to know that. You know what I mean? I was literally getting smaller. I'm six foot four. And I left the room at 4'11". And so they offered me um, a co-star for New Girl. And so I was at Max was dope. He like showed me around, like introduced me to everybody. I was like, "Yeah, that's my homie. We yeah. did CrossFit together. That's my man." Um, and so I did my little three lines or whatever, and then I started to like film myself. I started getting a little bit funny, and then they were like, "No, no, 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 no." They're like, "You go back to doing the thing you were doing because you have to know your role in in the cog, right?" If you really want to book work, know what your role is. Like, are you there to be funny? Most of the time, not. Most of the time, you're there to set someone up it's until you get to a certain point, right? right? Recurring guest stars, sometimes guest star, yes. Then you get to, you know, be able to shine. But like on Netflix, you know, when I did The Ranch, you know, people look at that and they're like, well, I've seen you do funnier stuff. And I was like, well, that's not my job on the show. My job is to yeah. do, is to set Danny up. That was my job.
0: When it's the DeWan show. When it's the DeWan show,
1: can I can do my thing. Like, literally, you know, and it was funny because it was a back and forth because the director was like, Yeah, don't do that that way. I'm not sure you can sustain it. And I was like, Dude, I can sus- <laughs> tell me what I can sustain. I'm like, Okay, sure. <laughs> I was like, Absolutely, sir. And then when we go to shoot it, the executive producer was like, Hey, can you put back in the thing you were doing in the original? I was like, I sure can. But in my mind, I was like, they're telling me to take stuff out because I'm finding funny where there's not supposed to be funny, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Because they want Danny to have the funny. Yeah. You know. Also, you have to realize what the setup in the punchline is. So sometimes you can make a setup funny, but it's not supposed to. Yeah,
0: because then it takes away from the punchline. Exactly. It's a song. It's, it's a song.
1: And you have to be willing to be, a, are you the chorus or are you a verse? You're, you're not the whole song. Like it's not your song. No. You didn't write it. Okay? You ain't write the song. Sorry.
0: One day you can write the song. One day
1: you can write your own song. Somebody going to give you a song and it'll be yours.
0: You can write a song on YouTube anytime you like. Anytime
1: <laughs> you want. But and I think that sometimes gets lost as well. It's like you you people lose out on jobs because they're trying to show everything they have as opposed to just doing what they're supposed to. If you going for a co-star, just Do the lines as natural as possible and know what your role is Uh in the scene.
0: One of the biggest commercials I ever booked um, was for a restaurant chain and I went into the audition and the guy was like, okay, so you're a waitress and you just walk up and you say, say, oh, would you like a beer with that? And you walk away and I said, okay, cool. Would you like a beer with that? And he goes, he pressed the camera button and he goes, thank you. He goes, thank you so much for just doing it right. I was like, I, yeah. Just
1: like a normal person. It's a, it's a sentence. Yeah. Like,
0: how do you, he was like, just, just
1: thank Cause you. Cause some people would be like, <laughs> like uh, Hey, would you like a beer with that? he's imagine, like, that's a 30 second spot.
0: It was but incredible. I mean,
1: that literally is. I
0: booked it from the It's the, it's the stupidest shit that you're like, okay,
1: no, but you, <laughs> but that's half of the job is listening to what is expected of you and then doing that. Yeah. Like, and not doing more or less than that. And
0: it's a fine, it's in a fine line to find over time too. Like you you don't, you you won't find it right away. Right.
1: And you, in knowing when you get to a point, like, I think I booked more commercials in the last couple of years because I've learned what notes I need to listen to and which ones I don't. Because you have to understand, especially like in the commercial world, you're dealing with not the just selected actors. You know what I mean? Like, if you go into a guest star audition, these 20 people who are auditioning for it are normally very selected, right? So they probably have some training. They, You know, we're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. You go off commercial auditions, it's a like it's a free-for-all. It's everyone, like,
0: everyone with the same haircut as you is in, right. in that room. There's
1: people who don't even blink sometimes. You're like, <laughs> what is wrong with that dude? That dude's got an issue. You know what I mean? And so they have to say notes To make people like to put everyone in in the same lane, right? Where they'll be like, this director, he likes it real small. Don't don't do anything. But what they mean is, don't come in and say, hey, we're going to You know what I mean? They don't mean not have a personality. Mm -hmm. And so before, I would be like, okay, make it very small. And then I'd see the commercial, I'd be like, that's not that's not not small. You know what I mean? And so you start to learn like, hey, this is what I need to listen to. This is what I don't need to listen to, which is a little bit different than theatrical. In theatrical, most of the casting directors have been working on these shows and talk with the writers and really know what they're doing. Sometimes you will get a casting director. You're like, that is not going – it doesn't make sense.
0: Do you feel that same way about – and I'm not sure if you go out for them anymore. But uh, when it's like the casting assistant or something like that or if it's just like on camera – uh, do you feel like you take everyone's notes in the room seriously even if they're not the casting director?
1: I do from the standpoint of most most associates have talked. Here's the thing. The casting director's butt is on the line. Mm-hmm. So if they spent the day taping people and they put 12 people, 14 people on tape and they got nothing because the associate decided they were going like... Make it more jazzy. Cause I feel like this is what it should be. Like I know that they've had conversations with the associates and said, this is exactly what I want. These are the notes where especially if you go into a later session where like we've got notes back from the director, this is what he wants. Yeah. Right. Then you then you take it for that. But also sometimes they don't know what they want. And when you know when you're in a spot where you know what you can do and you know what you do well. Um, you have to take a risk. And you have to say, that's, like for me, I go out for a lot of comedies. I mean, the show I was on was a drama, but um, especially in comedy, I say, what you want is kind of funny. But for me, it's not going to come off, at, like there's someone with that essence who can come in and just do that. So for me to try to play at something I'm already losing because someone's already that person. So I have to give you what my interpretation of it through my my own lens and then that's where I can win. That's where I can win a job, right? Yeah. You know, I mean there's I what, I have like six roles I've played like a, a a gang member or like a drug dealer. Like they're dudes in those auditions who look like I'm like dude like
0: you're a little concerned
1: <laughs> I'm a little like not concerned because I, I mean I grew up in West Baltimore but <laughs> but in, but from the standpoint of like you know there are some people who are like yo I used to be a gang member now I'm an actor you know what I mean that uh-huh. that's that's real um or I used to be a doctor now I'm you know so p- trying to play those things that people have lived through doesn't make sense. So when I'm a doctor, I'm Duan as a doctor. I don't go, hey, I'm Duan as a doctor. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I, what says I couldn't have been a doctor? What says I couldn't yeah. have been an astronaut? Nothing, other than I'm not. <laughs> I didn't go to school for it. <laughs> so my personality, my mannerisms, all can be that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit and think that like, oh, we have to put on what a doctor is. If, I'm telling you like this. If you put on any profession, you're not getting a job. And if you do, it's a co-star, or they don't know what they're doing. I said it.
0: That's real. I
1: say it again. Really,
0: really like that. Well, in terms of your real life, which you know forms we talk in real human, life. Uh, what's it like being married and having kids in this business?
1: Um, Does it affect your
0: day to day that that your you know schedule is always changing? That you are never sure like what the next job is necessarily. What's that like having a family?
1: Well, let me explain it to you. I think this will be the best um, example. So, I still have a day job.
0: Okay,
1: like I've been on a series. I go out all the time. I still have a day job. Like,
0: I I love that so much.
1: <laughs> I've. I mean, it's the,
0: so real. It's so real. It,
1: and I mean, you know, I the the great thing is we have a house and all those things, and I don't have to worry as much about money. Which again is one of those things that what I tell people is. Eliminate as many stressors as possible, as many things that are going to make you nervous. Like when I go into an audition for a guest star, I'm never thinking, ah, oh, if I get this money, I can do this. Like I don't have to worry about that. But I still want it just as bad as everybody. And here's the thing. The thing I learned was when I didn't have a job, I worked on stuff just as much as when I do. <laughs> it was just a lot more wasted time. Uh-huh. Because the likelihood that you're going to fill your day when you're not working is very unlikely. Because... I would love to see someone that works eight hours a day on their craft. I think there may be some people, but yeah. show me somebody. I don't know anyone. We go to CrossFit. Those people are in there chilling. <laughs>
0: They're on those couches for Right. Hours. They're on those couches <laughs> for hours,
1: chilling after the workout. <laughs> don't you got a job to go to? Isn't your, isn't your acting your job? You know what I mean? So for me, just for me, it was wasted time. And so if I was going to put in the same amount of time, why not make money and be able to not stress about bills and all those other things, right? The only downside is, is that when people come home and relax, I don't. I come home from work. I put my daughters to bed, mm-hmm. um, make dinner. I make most of the dinner because my wife is like, paleo what? <laughs> um, she's Latin she's like well we're gonna have rice and beans I'm like no we're not Like, but she eats whatever I make so then it's like I'm like you know what you're doing you know what you're doing um, and so it's I just have to hone in on my productive time so I think I'm just as productive but I use less time doing it mm-hmm. and I mean the frustrating thing sometimes is that like if I want to look at something right away sometimes I can't because I've I kind of make a rule that when I get home, my daughters come first. The audition can wait because I can work on that all night when they're asleep. You know what I mean? I can stay up as late as I need to, Yeah. and I will because it's an opportunity, right? Um, the hard part is, like, when I would go to Atlanta to shoot my show and my daughter would be here and she would be upset that I was gone, um, That those things are hard, but I think um, – it's just part of the business because life, again, is the most important thing. You know, um, a career is a career, if that makes sense. I don't know how – <laughs> it's, it's such a horrible way. A career <laughs> is a career. A job is a job. A person is a person. No, no. I, it's
0: it's the same way – well, people who, you know, if you would have had a career, continued your career with IT, um, IT stuff, it's, it's the exact same thing. And people like to take acting in this other concept because it is – you know, we don't climb a ladder necessarily and there's so many other hoops and things you have to jump through and you don't have a schedule. But just because you don't have that doesn't mean it's not at the end of the day your job. Right.
1: And most jobs that people love to do, they don't put as much onus into. Yeah. Like there's not as much fear-based because acting has a lot of fear based. And we I get it. Like I am with everyone who wants to book a job, who understands post martyr I mean uh post traumatic set disorder. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, when you leave set and you're just like, I don't know what to do because that was like the best time of my life. And oh my I God, just never want to leave set and I got to go tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. set is like, for an actor, it's like the best, like, i go to set. Like, uh, like, you can't, it's like, it goes up your but back. But I
0: wish I could explain to people before they got really started in this business that the days that you're on set are so far outnumbered so by far your out real life days.
1: Even the people who work all the time. Yeah. Even people work all the time who do movies, like, they'll do movies for four months, do a movie for four months, and then not do anything for the rest of the year. And then maybe do a, you know, a guest star here and there or whatever. Like, most people aren't And if you tried to do acting 365 days a year, it would be, you would hate it.
0: You would also be not an interesting person. No. Because you wouldn't have a life. No. You have to be able to talk about other things. Okay, so last question. Uh Uh-oh. I know. Big one. It's not that big of a deal. So if you could have known something before you came out here to start working as an actor, it could be tiny and specific or a big overarching thing. What do you wish you knew?
1: I wish I knew how much work I was going to have to do on myself to be able to get to where I am and where I need to go. I um, I wish I knew that that's what acting was. It was... Literally figuring out where each role already lived in me and accessing parts of me that I had never accessed before just because of you know, we all grow up in different ways, and we all experience different things, and so we all have blockages, and we all have things that, like, like I wasn't a big screamer. Like, I'm 6'4". I never have to... Why do I have to scream? The only place I ever scream is on the football field. You know what I mean? So if you told me, like, I was in a fight with a woman, and I had to scream at her, I literally couldn't do it. Like, I literally had something in me that would stop me from even being able to raise my voice to that level. Um and I was a big mumbler. I still mumble a lot, except when I'm <laughs> acting. Um, and so I had to work on that. And I was like, I don't mumble. I don't, I don't mumble. You don't, what are you talking about? I don't you know what I mean? And so like people are like, no, you do mumble. And I was like, like that is the hardest thing about acting is you're selling yourself. So like you have to work on things that you don't want to work on. Like and you have to deal with things you would have never dealt with. You know, I dealt with a lot of stuff in you know in my past that I never would have dealt with, but I had to to become a, a better actor, yeah. and so, and also wish I knew that like, like I had everything I need with me, and the validation is not going to change. It's not going to do for me what I thought it would do for me. It's it. You know, booking like I just did a movie with Dave Franco. I'm the third lead behind him and Abby Jacobson. That's um, yeah, it's it's great. Um, but do you hear like it? It's great. Like you're your if you had asked me two years ago time. what I was saying, I'd be like, yo, I just booked a movie. Abby, G, Abby Jacobson, <laughs> you, know, Dave Franco, we out here, Joe. Like. I'm still, like, you wake up the next day and you, like, you know, you shoot your commercial, you shoot your show, and you wake up the next day and you're like, it feels good. And then the farther you get away from that booking the more you feel like you need to book something else and really that is just chasing that feeling of all those likes and all those congratulations that people give you when you like people i mean there's nothing better I, i'm not going to lie there's nothing better than posting like yeah i'm i just did this show on hulu i'm in 6 out of 10 yeah. deadline look at it you know what i mean like there's nothing better than that because everything that comes with that you know people are like oh uh, like oh i just saw you on the fedex uh, like that's all great but it hasn't changed The person I look at in the mirror and in some ways I think I thought it would Mm -hmm. you know um and I think in the back of my head sometimes myself will still tell me like if you can if you get on another series like then you'll have the valid like so the series I did the last series I did was on own right like oh if you get on a NBC series that'll give you the validation you need it's not right it's not going to like And I I know people hate to hear that. I think
0: people think it gets easier. Like at some point, everything's just.
1: You're always going to want something else. So let's let's look at it. So you get a co-star, right? You book a couple of co-stars. And you're like, why am I not going out for guest stars? Why am I not? I'm ready for guest stars. You just start going out for guest stars. You're like, oh, man, I'm going out against these people. Oh, I've seen them on everything. Shit, I'm not ready for this. Oh, now, yeah, I'm getting more comfortable. Booking guest stars. Ready for a series regular. Boom, I book a series regular. What? Doors open. Why am I not the lead? Why am I the sixth <laughs> series regular on this? Why am I not doing movies? Why am I not the lead in a movie? Why am I not doing a $10 million movie? Why am I not doing an action movie where I'm the lead in an action movie? Why am I not doing a romantic comedy where I'm the lead in a romantic? You know what I mean? They, uh-huh. It literally is endless because as you elevate, you move into a new class of people. And in that class of people, there are people doing better than you that you perceive, right? They're, or doing more work or doing, you know what I mean? Like And then there's a small class of like, Will Smith, Tom Cruise, they, I mean, The Rock is almost there, mm-hmm. you know, of like...
0: Gold they're stars. not even people. Yeah. Like, they're just,
1: you know what I mean? They can do whatever <laughs> they want whenever they want to do uh-huh. it, right? And then they still have, then they're like, why am I not Oprah? You know what I mean? There's never, it, I, I guarantee you, there's never going to be an end to it. So if you don't get satisfied with the, I hate saying the journey, because I'm not satisfied with the journey myself, you know what I mean? But you, you have the journey is getting satisfied with the journey is that there's always going to be something else. So if I can just be comfortable and there's no end, there is no end. So stop thinking there's an end. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so, oh, no,
0: I know I'm thinking about it right now. You know
1: what I mean? So then you just become comfortable in this will be my life in some way, shape or form for the rest of my life, which will be, I will always be trying to, instead of looking at it like book more roles, I will look at it more as like getting better. And then also start doing the things you really want to do, because everybody has a list of stuff they want to do when they become famous, or they get on a series. Mm-hmm. Oh, then I'll volunteer more, and then I'll be like at all these events and being like, you know, all philanthropic. Filip- um, <laughs> can't even say the word. Uh, and so those things can be done now. they just won't The problem is you want them to be done on a scale where people will validate you for them.
0: Ooh, that's very real.
1: and. That's not the point. And that's not really your point. Like, your point really is that you want to... If you want to help people when you're on a series, then you want to help people now. It's just that you don't realize that if you go and actually do it, when you help somebody, what happens in that moment is enough. Like, at my church, we go out on Saturdays once a month and hand out bags to... Bags of food, we pack bags and hand them out to people in the community. Mm. Like, I feel better after that than I do after I book a job. Just to watch people's faces of, like, it's free. (laughs) What, we got to come to church or something? No, like, (laughs) it's just, if you need it, you can have it. And that's what I wanted when I said, when I become a series regular, I'm going to do. It's just without the mass validation for it. But that's not what I was looking for anyway. I found what I was looking for by just doing the act and not waiting until, like, everyone could see me do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Same thing with acting. Like, it's like, everyone doesn't have to see you do it. You know, I did, was it the short? I No, I had an audition that they asked me for a series regular last year. They, um, Warner Brothers called, and they were like, we want, we're testing tomorrow, and we want to see if... Um, we can add Duan to that testing group, which is like, cool. So you're bypassing everything, right? You're like, you're testing tomorrow. If you, if you do great, you get the job. Right. But okay. we just need you to put yourself on tape, but we need to tape in an hour. Like I'm literally holding my daughter. Right. <laughs> and my wife isn't home yet. And I'm like, how am I going to do this in an hour? Right. So my wife gets home in like 15 minutes. And then, so I got to set up the whole thing mm-hmm. to put myself on tape. Um, And then, so then I have like 20 minutes by the time we do all that. And then I get it done and I get it to them. And I watched that tape at least 25 times because I was so proud of what I did in that small amount of time. And I didn't need any more validation. I didn't test for it and I was fine with that. But I was like, yo, I'm, I watched, maybe it's, maybe it's weird, but I watched that tape like, yo, you just did that. You just did that in that short amount of time and it was proficient and it was funny and it was exactly what you've been working for. So you don't need anybody else to tell you anything. God, you know, I did tell my wife, I was like, look, you want to say Like, this? like you want to watch it again? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'll watch it again. Caleb's um, watched so many of my audition
0: videos. You know what I mean? But
1: that, just in that moment, that's all I needed. Yeah. And the more we can get to that where it's like, you know, all I need is the small stuff, the big stuff will come. Because it, it will, like, the numbers say it. Like, if you work in this business longer than eight, eight years, actually proactively working towards the goal, like, you're going to see some return. And if you stay in it, people leave. 7,000 people come to L.A. every day, 7,000 people leave. Everyone's certain, right? Yeah. So the more you're at it, the, just by the sheer numbers, you're moving up the ladder, even if you don't see that motion yeah. in that ocean.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay, that's all I have.
1: That's it. <laughs> we did it.
0: Um, if people want to follow you on social media, talk about that mass validation. I don't like to
1: be stalked. okay? okay? No. Um, yeah, <laughs> if you if you want to follow me, um, I don't know why you would, but I'm just a regular dude. Um, it's just Dewan daWAN uh, Owens at whatever. So um, Dewan Owens on Twitter, Dewan Owens on Instagram. Juwan owns on Facebook, even though my nephew says uh, I am so old because I use Facebook, but I still use it. Yeah, Don't use I'm Snapchat. Sorry. Never do it. I didn't know that. That Facebook is an old people thing? Yeah, I didn't I know. know that. No yeah. one told me. Yeah, my yeah, nephew was old. like, you use Facebook? <laughs> and I was like, no. He was like, I saw it. I was like, that's, that's old. He was like, you just posted. I said, shut up.
0: <laughs> and I like the truth of children.
1: And I'm so old that I link my facebook and twitter sometimes so that if i'm really not up to posting it just goes to the other one oh. so like if i write on facebook i was like let me write it short enough so it'll show up
0: 140 <laughs> characters
1: <laughs> lazy oh i mean because social media for me social media is just oh and this is the last thing i do want to oh, say no, please. um is that don't try to do something because you see someone getting famous doing that thing like social, like, a, media? <laughs> like social media, YouTube, shooting shorts. Like, if you don't want to shoot a short, don't shoot a short. If you don't oh want to do God, a web I series, so don't long. do a web series.
0: Thank you. Everyone's like, make your own shit. And I'm like, I don't want to. I'm doing something
1: else. Exactly. Because the thing is, the people who actually succeed at it are the people who like doing it.
0: Yes. Thank so, why you. do something
1: you don't like doing? Ugh. If you don't want to be, you know what I mean? Like, that makes no sense. Like, the people who do those dumb YouTube videos think they're funny. Like, don't just make YouTube videos and be like, this isn't really funny, but maybe I'll get a lot of likes and like, like just figure out a path that works for you and then do that. Like if you do like making little videos, make little videos. Like, but if you don't, don't. don't. Do it.
0: It's not worth your time. <laughs> I agree. I'll let you fill in. Don't. <laughs> <as> in. <laughs> don't end the end. Right. Oh, oh, I agree. Okay. That's the best ending note. Thank cool. you so much for doing this. Oh, no problem. This was awesome. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, I will just talk to you in a bit. That brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, Dewan, for sitting down with me, for getting so real. I hope you guys appreciated it. If you guys enjoyed any part of this podcast, I have two requests. I would love if you went to my Instagram, at Sam Valentine, and told me on the photo of Dewan and I what your favorite part of this podcast was, something you learned from it, or maybe just something that gave you a little giggle. (laughs) I would also like, if you enjoyed any part of this podcast today, for you to screenshot it and put it on your Instagram story and tag me so I can follow you back and so I know that you're checking it out. I would really appreciate it. I love seeing those on stories. Ooh, you thought I was going to ask you to rate it, didn't you? (laughs) Ha ha, tricked ya. You can rate it too, that's totally fine, but if you could also share it, that would be Awesome okay guys follow me on instagram subscribe at onebrokeactress.com do all those good things rate and review and share blah 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 thank you as always to maggie zabo for our beautiful theme song and with that guys i will talk to you next week